Hey everybody, Luke McElroy here again and welcome to the first podcast of 2018. So obviously had a bit of downtime over Christmas, so didn't get too much content produced then, but uh, yeah, we're, we're back into it and ready to go. So it's been a nice little break. Hopefully everyone's had a nice and happy, safe Christmas and New Year. Plenty of training in. I know I've got certainly got more in than I normally have been, so starting to hit some good times again, which is, which is good on a personal level. I thought as a first podcast back for 2018, it would be a good opportunity to speak a little bit about where METS is at and where we're sort of going in 2018 and beyond. Okay, so this this podcast will be a little bit more about where we're going. So there won't be too many too many value bombs in here. So if you don't if you're not interested in in what's going on behind the scenes and where we're going, then um, by all means just skip to the next one and and get back on straight back into the content. But uh, I met up with Nick yesterday and we had a bit of a chat, quite a long chat about where where we're currently at and you know where we where we want to be and how long and, and you know, how big we want to grow the company and, and all that sort of thing. So um, a couple of key things that came up were that we're going to do a, a oh, we've all, behind the scenes we've sort of already been doing a bit of a transitioning period in in roles and responsibilities, but there's going to be a big push in 2018 where. Nick will be doing 90 to 95% of the testing work at at the studio. And I'm actually gonna spend probably 85 to 90% of my time purely servicing the coaching guys and girls, um, the programming, um, and I suppose the business side, business development side of things as well. So Nick will be doing testing. He's also gonna be doing biomechanics and strength. Um, a couple of extra services we're looking at including. I will put a survey out to see what everybody wants, but we're looking at, we've had a few a few people who have commented wanting, say, some swim analysis. Um, so rather than, say, a routine swim squad, you'd come down, do some video analysis, um, uh, and get some, actually get some visual feedback on your stroke technique, same with running, cycling, etc. So, yeah, Nick's gonna take, take care of all the testing and the, the biomechanics, strength and conditioning. I'll take care of all the programming and the coaching side of things. Still will do testing, obviously, as well, but uh, less of an emphasis on that. We figure, like, you know, in business like in life, you should always work to your strengths. Uh, Nick's strength is strength, you know, strength and conditioning, biomechanics. Mine is clearly programming, load monitoring, um, and basically getting athletes fit. So why don't we spend most of our time doing that? Um, so from a, from an internal perspective, that's sort of where we're going. We're, we're going to get two to three more people on, um, just as uh, third year sports science students as interns, get them into the get them into the mix and, and train them up. So we've got one guy already locked in, James, who you'll see you'll see fairly often, and then probably in the next two to three months, we'll really get really get up and going with that. Uh, James is an elite fifteen hundred meter runner, um, just cracked his first four minute mile, which is off the charts, four minute mile, so what's that, 2.30 pace, something stupid, um, and he's hoping to qualify for the Commonwealth Games, so it'd be really good to get him in, particularly for, for the guys who are into running, guys and girls into running, um, he'll be really, really, really valuable and he'll fit in really well to the culture of the team. Uh, in terms of where, you know, some, some sort of th- things we thought about in terms of where are we going, like are we going to go Australia-wide, so on and so forth. It's probably to be confirmed. Um, we do have some people interested in the Sunshine Coast, maybe in two years, 2020. Uh, but we're going to play it by you. We want to get to a position where financially we can just give 
heaps and heaps and heaps of value and not worry about what comes back to us. So rather than going to a big company and worrying about cash flow, you know, keep it relatively small but efficient. Um, cash flow sorted out, then we can just literally devote 100% of our efforts and time purely on getting athletes results, providing high quality services, um, and changing the industry. And I spoke to Nick about you know, what, what, is, what are his motivations for working at Mets, and he, he's not financially motivated whatsoever. Um, he, he's big on changing the industry and um, creating a name and a brand behind quality services. Like obviously we know there's lots and lots of rubbish out there, uh, lots of misinformation, non-scientific backed training protocols and all the rest, but uh, he, yeah, he's big on let's build a name around quality services, change the industry and make sure, basically make other people pull their fingers out and start doing the right thing. Um, you know, if you're paying a professional to give you a service, then you want it to be a high quality service at all times. Um, so that's our goal, short term goal is let's just get to a stage where we can just, all we have to do is get people fit, um, keep people happy and, and provide high quality services and that's and just build the brand around around doing that. So um, that's sort of what we're looking at looking at implementing. And, and to do that, we're gonna there's gonna be I'll keep an eye out for a couple of emails in the coming weeks and months. But there is gonna be a bit of restructuring behind the current services that we do. Testing will stay the same. Um, coaching and programming, there's gonna be some changes. Some things will be discontinued. And, yeah, discontinued, and other things are going to. Um, be significantly improved as well. So that's that's quite exciting time, so keep an ear out for that. Um, no better time to jump on coaching because it is going good places, particularly with me devoting 85, 90% of my time every week to just doing that. Um, so it's quite exciting. That'll probably do for the vision side of things. I might actually jump into a bit of content because it hasn't gone for too long. I had, a, I had an email from JB, JB uh, Jared Bailey, and he just mentioned that he had a friend who, who is a natural bodybuilder, they call him, so and he's, oh, I can't remember how old he was, 37 maybe, 37, and he, and he still seems to get progress year after year. Um, it, it, obviously, more significant progress at the beginning, but still starting to, still seems to be able to squeeze out a bit of extra performance enhancement um, year after year as he ages. So the question that came from JB was, well, from a, from a physiological point of view, VO2 max threshold, is there a point where you just cannot improve any, for, any further? Uh, I mean, the short answer is yes, but the, the long answer is that I, I, rarely, I rarely feel that people actually get to their physiological potential. Um, but I mean, the only way to really determine whether you're at your peak or not is to, well, if you want to get super invasive, you do a muscle biopsy. So you basically you'd go into a lab, you do some training, they, they take a, a cut out of a, you know, a quadricep muscle, look at the muscle fibers, see what the mitochondrial mass is, look at the fast twitch to slow twitch um, fiber composition, look at all the GLUT4 protein, all that sort of stuff. So basically you'd look at, is this PGC1A, so PGC1-alpha, um, that protein is the one that will stimulate growth of new mitochondria and all that sort of stuff. Is that being expressed when you do training? And if it is, is your mitochondrial mass changing? So if it's being expressed and it's not changing, then you peak. You're not, your body's not adapting anymore, okay? Because it's, it's got the stimulus, but it's not adapting because it's obviously at its genetic limit. Um, that's obviously a super invasive way to do it. From a 
from a field pers- field testing perspective, you'd just be looking at heart rate changes um, over time. So if you do a five kilometer time trial, and then you do a, uh, let's say your average four minute Ks, if you go do some training, um, your heart rate, average heart rate was 175. Now after a couple of months, it's now 173. You would assume that, all right, your heart rate's lower. Your heart, either your heart's adapted, become bigger, better, stronger, so it can beat out more blood. Your, pl- your blood plasma volume has expanded, so you've got more total blood in circulation. Um, you're better at actually extracting oxygen from from the uh, uh, into the muscle. Sorry, extracting it from the blood into the muscle, or you've got better blood supply via capillarization. So, I suppose. The short answer is yes, you can determine it, but unless you go into really specific, um, really specific lab testing invasive detail, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's peaked and what's not. Because uh, obviously, there's lots lots of factors that can that can determine whether you're you're peaked or not. Uh, muscle fibers, heart, lungs, all that sort of stuff, but. To actually determine what's peak and what's not is, is quite invasive. It's like coming back to the car analogy. If you've got a, a you know um, something wrong with your car, you don't really know what's wrong until you look under the hood. And if you can't look under the hood, then you you can't fix the problem. So um, short answer is yes. Yes, you can be peaked, but most people don't. Like if your heart is is fully adapted, maybe your muscles aren't, so you can work on it there. From a performance standpoint, I don't think anybody is ever peaked because there's so many factors. If you're physiologically peaked, you might stuff up your, your, your nutrition on race day, or maybe you don't acclimatize to the heat well enough. So if you're doing Kona, maybe you only went over a week prior to. If you've gone over five weeks prior to, which obviously isn't practical, practical for most people, you're gonna be better acclimatized to the heat. Your plasma volume will expand. You'll lose less sodium, but you'll increase your sweat rate so you can cool your body down. So there's lots of factors that whether it's physiologically or not, you can still increase your performance through through lots of factors, okay? And that's why with Ironman, it's not necessarily the fittest person who, who wins, it's the one who can eat the most or the one who can tolerate the heat the most or rehydrate themselves the most. It's not, you don't have to be the fittest, you just have to get the most pieces of the puzzle right on the day and that's how you, you get peak performance. So uh, I'll leave it there, guys. A bit of rambling, bit of a bit of everything today, but hopefully that was... Uh, hopefully useful let me know if you do want that sort of stuff on the podcast in terms of you know behind the scenes stuff about Mets or whether that's maybe something for a different platform a monthly newsletter or whatever um, give me feedback I need feedback there's lots of views and lots of lots of listens on this podcast but um, you know somewhat limited in its interaction so for, to motivate me to pump out content I need feedback I need interaction I need people sharing it talking leaving comments, all that sort of stuff. So please get around it uh, and let me know your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, just a quick one back again. Um, Just wanted to add one thing to what we were speaking about with the uh, peaking performance and whatnot. A good indicator I like to use, because it it happens all the time where, you know, somebody's not improving their times and, and they're not adapting as they once were. A good indicator I like to use is to do a... To do zone five training, so you basically your sprint interval training. So get somebody to do a nice thorough warm up because it's going to be pretty hard work. Do uh, four to seven sets of thirty seconds maximal, whether it's bike, swim, run, preferably bike or run because it's hard to sprint in the, in the pool. Thirty seconds maximal with a four minute recovery between each effort. 
um, and do that four to seven times. Do that for three to four weeks. If they do not improve after that, then they're probably not going to improve because that is that is like you, know, you prescribe that training when somebody's physiologically peaked. They're not adapting to anything else. So if they're not going to adapt to that extremely maximal high intensity stuff, um, I'd say they're pretty peaked physiologically. So again, um, 30 second maximal sprints, four minutes recovery, do it four to seven times, try it for three to four weeks, see how you go. Thank you.